Larry, do you have any uh, holiday traditions? Do you have any Christmas traditions? Christmas traditions? Yeah. I mean, not particularly. It's coming just out week sit, of Christmas. Just sitting around and drinking, you know, and watching movies. Pretty good. That's kind of how it goes. Rich, you got anything? Uh, I don't honestly celebrate Christmas. You don't? <laughs> My traditions are to um, not really get into Christmas and uh, to chill out and drink a lot of beer. Fantastic. So. Fantastic. <laughs> My family smashes a peppermint pig, or that's what we used to. My grandpa would. Wow. I don't know where. I think it's a Midwest thing or something, but like there would be a peppermint. What does this mean? What? What does this mean? What, what's a peppermint Oh, it's like a, it's like a little, it's like a little hollow, like it almost has like the thickness or like of a chocolate bunny kind of thing. Like it's hollow. And it's peppermint? But it was made out of like a peppermint candy sort oh, wow. of thing. And he would just, I don't, I don't know that it was ever you smash it in and, the then, and then do you eat it? Yeah. You eat does everybody little, get a piece? Yeah, everyone gets a little everybody piece. Everybody gets a little piece? Yeah, he, oh, okay. The male elder shatters the pig i guess i see i, I honestly have no clue why we did yeah we just did it was just something my grandpa That's... did so i don't know what the why we actually did it but interesting it was a christmas time thing yeah we definitely we definitely don't have anything like that i mean i'm a little like i wouldn't say that i don't celebrate christmas but like you know i, I just remember there's like a story like i what i was like 16 or something is like or no not 16 that's too old but like I was, there was some age I was, I was uh, when you still could have believed in Santa Claus. Maybe it was like ten or something. And I was like, Ma, they said Santa Claus wasn't real. And she's like, He's not. But I get you what you want, right? It's <laughs> like, yeah. And so now for Christmas we just kind of get together. Yeah, and it's like, about getting together. It's about getting together, yeah. and we don't go too crazy with like the tree, the wrappings, and stuff like that. Yeah. And as adults, we just get together and like drink and watch movies and tell old stories. Well, happy holidays, everyone. I mean, the reason why I'm asking about Christmas, I'm gonna release it the week of christmas so it'll be a little more contextually it'll make a little more sense um but happy holidays to everyone no matter what you celebrate whatever yeah now i now i feel like an asshole i didn't a bit of a scrooge <laughs> bit of a scrooge yeah a little bit i think it's fine we're representing oh. all beer drinkers mm. you punked me but anyway we'll recover from it uh everyone welcome to liquid bread we're tasting we're on a taster today uh, we're going to taste the very festive seasonal celebration fresh hop IPA from Sierra Nevada. Uh, I'm gonna, we've done Sierra Nevada before. We've talked about them a lot. They do a lot of good beer. Rich, you want to take it away? Yeah. Uh, so you should pour your um, your uh, celebration into a glass and then drink it really fast because it's delicious. And every <laughs> every second that goes by, you're losing fleeting aromas. <laughs> So uh, yeah, dig in. It's um, it's a you know obviously delicious beer. It's um, nice kind of amber color, uh, copper color, and uh, it should just wallop you uh, right up right off the bat with tons of tons of aroma. Um, if you look for it, you might find a little bit of toast or caramel aroma from the malt. But this this beer is really really about the hops. Specifically, um, the, the hops that are in this this year's batch are. Um, Cascade and Centennial, and those are the the big hops that um, that are bringing most of that aroma. I think there's also Chinook in there. The website I checked out the website today said there's some Chinook, but I think that's primarily for bittering. The hops that are in here are fresh hops, uh, and that's a that's a big kind of fun thing that uh, that, that breweries get into right around the, the time of the hop harvest. So um, hop harvest is usually kind of mid September in the U.S. Uh, it depends on you know it, it could be a little early in September, maybe a little bit late in September, depending on weather and and exactly where the, the farm is. Hops are normally dried as soon as they're picked. Their aroma is pretty fleeting and uh, they can you know, start to 
go south pretty quickly. And so um, generally, if you're drinking beer, uh, you know, any any other time of year, uh, you're drinking a beer that has dried hops um, added to it. And those hops are were once fresh, but as soon as they're picked in the field, they get dried out, um, uh, you know, on purpose with a with a kind of a low temperature kiln. Um, however, fresh top season uh, means that the breweries are, are actually sourcing the hops um, right after they're picked and they are shipped. Uh, if you're if you're fancy enough uh, and wealthy enough like uh, Sierra Nevada, you can um, organize a uh, refrigerated truck to send them down. Otherwise, um, a lot of breweries, a lot of smaller breweries just um, just have them overnighted, uh, you know, with UPS or FedEx or something uh, just in regular boxes. Uh, but the hops arrive and they have not been they've not been uh, dried out. And so um, how, how long do they their- stay? How long do they stay fresh? Like, I mean. You know, it's like flowers. I mean, you know, how long do flowers last on your, you know, your your kitchen counter on a, you know, in a vase? You know, a week maybe at okay. most. Okay. They don't last long. Let's put it that way. The main thing you're concerned about with uh, with hops is allowing them to oxidize. So first of all, if they're not dried, you can lose lose their good aromas quickly. But also anytime, whether they're dried or fresh, if they're exposed to oxygen, you can get a, uh, the creation of something called isovaleric acid. And that's a an acid that uh, smells or that's common in things like sweaty socks, sweaty feet, stinky cheeses, things like that. So if your beer smells like Parmesan cheese or it smells like, uh, you know, the, the uh, locker room floor, uh, you're probably getting some isovaleric acid. And a common source of that is hops that uh, aren't, you know, like at the actual you know peak of uh, freshness or they don't have, sorry, they had a little bit of oxidation occur to them. Yeah, so using fresh hops is great, but you got to get them into your kettle ASAP, you know, as soon as they're picked. And so, you know, if you're a brewery down in Florida and uh, the hops are being picked in Washington or Oregon, you've got a, you know, much bigger logistical hurdle to get them down to your brewery in Florida than, say, for instance, Sierra Nevada does, um, you know, because they're brewing this beer out in Chico in, in Northern California. So um, actually, that said, they also have a location in North Carolina and um, they brew celebration in both California and North Carolina. Uh, but as I said earlier, they they hire rent, um, you know, big refrigerated semi trucks that uh, that drive the hops down to the breweries and get them there. You know, keep them cold, keep them refrigerated um, definitely helps to keep them fresh. Mm. So uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Let's talk about what the hell we're, we're tasting. Okay. Right? Let's do it. Um, yeah. So, what are, what aromas are you getting off those hops, guys? I wish yeah. I, I wish Fruit. I knew this one, and I just I, I poured know, it because it had a lot of smells, and now it's gonna. I mean, but I mean, I'd say, I'd say I, I don't know. I I, don't know. I almost smell an apple. I don't know. That's okay. not even, I don't think that's supposed to be there. Though. Okay, <laughs> now I'm getting a little uh-huh. um, nuttiness. Does, is that weird? To say uh, probably nuttiness is probably the malt. Oh, okay. Let's do it then. A little bit of toastiness. So I think what, what the brewers are hoping that you're going to get off this beer are, is a lot of fruit and a lot of florality. So a lot of flowers. So specifically, um, I get, you know, tons of grapefruit off of this, uh, citrus fruit, grapefruit, um, maybe some lemon rind, um, also uh, pine for sure. So so Cascade, the Cascade pine, definitely. Is, yeah, Cascade hop is famous for pine and grapefruit and flowers, and then the Centennial hop is famous for uh, for a really strong floral note, so a lot of flowers. And uh, if you are a fan of um, Bell's uh, Two Hearted Ale, uh, it's a great IPA from uh, Bellsbury in Michigan. That is all Centennial hops, and so I get sort of this kind of floral note off those that I 
I likened to this like sort of steely, icy flower thing. So that is a way that's the way I describe it. Makes me sound crazy, uh, but maybe some other listeners out there are getting that. Blair, I'm getting some funny looks from you. Well, no, I'm, <laughs> I, you? It's, they're not funny looks from what you for what you're saying. I just I feel like my nose is broken. Like I <laughs> I don't. I mean, well, I don't... take take that sip and uh, you know breathe. Plug your nose. Take the sip and then breathe out through your nose after you've swallowed, and see if you get a stronger impression of those aromas. I think my nose is broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think I get more of it why I said apple was because it's like a, t- a tart apple, and I guess that's more the citrus. It's more of a citrus. I do when I t- after after taking a sip of the beer, I get more of the bitterness, and that makes it more of a grapefruit when I kind of combine them in my head. Um, but that's kind of what I get more than the floral side of things is like this tart. I mean, I do get it when you say grapefruit, when you say citrus, I do get that kind of citrus feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know I, mean? yeah. I don't know that I can pinpoint it as well. It's you know, it's not a very like contemporary hip style of IPA. It's not a New England style. It's not all about you know newfangled hops that smell like um, you know lychee fruit and and mango and passion fruit and stuff like that. These are these are kind of the classic hops that help to define um, the American craft beer scene or American craft beer revolution and make it different uh, from the other you know beers and beer flavors that people had experienced prior. Um, so these hops are the classic hops of the, you know, comparatively young uh, American craft beer scene, but they're not the newest newfangled things. And what Sierra Nevada is doing with this beer is helping to, uh, well, first of all, they in part pioneered the American style of IPA with this beer. This is an IPA uh, and um, Sierra Nevada is now famous for Torpedo IPA, but that didn't come out till 2009 or something like that, 2010. Like it, it was a long time before. Um, that beer came out and Sierra Nevada has been brewing beer professionally since um, 1980. So uh, they started brewing Celebration Ale sometime in the early 80s. I'm not sure exactly when, uh, but it is, they didn't call it IPA because the market didn't really understand what IPA was. But the fact is, it is in large part, one of the first American IPAs out there. Wow! So it's exciting to go back. It's, I mean, in a way it's a, it's a time capsule. It's going back and, and it's a, flavor profile and a taste of IPA back when it was kind of unheard of. You know, no one had heard of American style IPA and these guys helped to help to invent it. Um, beyond that, though, it's as fresh as it gets, though. So it's old school, but it's also fresh because it's got fresh hops in it. Mm. So Sierra Nevada is a quite large brewery. They're one of the largest breweries in the country and they have uh, a lot of money and they don't, you know, put it into silly things like crazy marketing campaigns and, you know, stuff like that. They, they put it into the beer. Uh, and so you can taste the quality in this beer. It's fantastic. And if you're looking for really special, fresh hop aromas that are, you know, packaged into a can that you get to taste, you know, wherever you are, you don't have to go out to the hop fields to smell these hops yourself. Um, then you can get them out of this beer. So I, I think that is a real awesome thing about this beer. Mm-hmm. Is it, it would be, would it be crazy to say like a grapefruit peel, like the peel of a, of a grapefruit? Yeah, I mean, when, when people talk about citrus aromas in beer, you're really talking about the aroma of the citrus, not the sourness or the sweetness that you get from the juice, okay? So, and not the bitterness of the of the peel necessarily either. There is bitterness in this beer that comes from, from the hops. The aromas we're talking about are those same, you know, aromas that are in the essential oils uh, that are in the skin and the peel of grapefruit and orange and things like that. So you're not drinking grapefruit. It comes, it comes out in October, and I know it doesn't necessarily say it, but like the can's red. It's got a little like snowy cabin mm-hmm. on it and a wreath on the door. And it feel, to me, yeah. it always feels like, oh, it comes out as like a holiday 
beer and celebration. Mm. I always think of like holidays and stuff. So it seems then like this is more, it's more about the fresh hops. And this is like a good example of a fresh hop beer than like an actual holiday related. Right. Well, so, so they always release this around Christmas, you know, Christmas time, New Year's, whatever. Uh, This was always that sort of kind of winter um, offering from them, but it didn't have fresh hops in it when it was first released in like 1982 or whatever. So fresh hops, there just wasn't the demand or the infrastructure or the knowledge or the curiosity really around using fresh hops. So it wasn't a thing. I don't know when they started using fresh hops, but it was, you know, a while ago, maybe, maybe 10 years ago. Um, so it's been, it's become a fresh hop beer. And so that does tie it to, you know, the, the September hop harvest. Um, and then, you know, ferments for a month or six weeks or so, and then they can release it in, in uh, you know, October and then push it through for the next three months through Christmas and new year's. So there's, there's that sort of logistical angle, but they always wanted it to be a special year end offering. And I think okay. it's cool. So it is they, kind of a holiday thing then. Well, yeah, the attack they took was, you know, how do we do Sierra Nevada even more so? You know, Sierra Nevada was always famous for hop aromas and higher than average bitterness. And so nowadays, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale doesn't seem that bitter to us. But that's because Sierra Nevada helped to establish bitterness as, you know, having a role in beer. And a lot of other breweries took that, um, you know, took that that torch and, and ran with it. And so there are a lot more bitter beers out there now than just, you know, the beers of Sierra Nevada. But rather than Sierra Nevada throwing a bunch of spices and, and other flavorings into their beers to make a holiday beer, they just said, well, shit, let's just make a really hoppy beer. Uh, and, you know, they they ended up calling it an IPA or helping develop the IPA style from it. Mm. Um, but yeah, so, so the idea that holiday beers should have spices in them um, is not really, it doesn't bear out historically necessarily outside of the United States. And I mean, another contemporary of Sierra Nevada is Anchor Brewing Company out of San Francisco. And, you know, their Christmas ale, their holiday ale that they've been releasing every year for, you know, I don't know, 50 years or so, that is heavily spiced. And that's a, that's something that they're famous for. But they sort of developed that, you know. And I think a lot of uh, like German beers, there are tons of German beers that are a big deal during wintertime and holidays and, and uh, Christmas and stuff like that. But they don't have any spices. In them. You know, Germans aren't throwing spices in their beers. But Belgians, uh, they throw spices in their beers year round, you know, so so the idea of holding on to uh, Christmas time as the one time to add spices to your beer is something that really developed in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, back when craft beer was in its nascency. Um, and since then, we've obviously seen tons of tons of other beer styles develop in the United States, like pastry stout and things like that, that have spices in them um, because there's real market for that i mean look at pumpkin spice lattes and stuff like that too so people like spice and whether it's really legitimately tied to a season or not is up for debate but if people like it i love then it go ahead and go ahead and I, love, I mean i talked about this before i love seasonal things i buy <laughs> i buy into the branding I into the season. That's hilarious. it comes a couple of months i'm like excited to look forward to it i'm more excited than it would be if it was around i love it yeah well that's great that's fair. i'm game yeah. <laughs> yeah is there let me ask one more thing what is the, I mean, obviously an IPA is British, but what is the closest like European version of this beer aside from breweries now that are like adapting this style? Yeah, I mean, there, there are tons of craft breweries around the world that brew stuff like this, you know, and they really are pay, paying homage to, you know, core, uh, core founding breweries of the craft beer movement when they, when they do this sort of beer. Mm. Um, it's, a, it's an intentional thing to brew this sort of beer nowadays. It's because it is, you know, it's the West Coast style. It's not really that hip anymore. It's not like the New England style. It's really everywhere, the hazy style. Mm. Um, but to answer your question, 
I mean, there, there really isn't. Well, now I've already forgotten what. What did you ask? Well, it's exactly. kind of like what is the counterpart, the European counterpart to this, or like what is the? Yeah, there is because it's kind of a very specific. It's a very specific taste. Here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you want to brew with Belgian yeast and call it a Belgian style IPA, go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to do a, a white IPA and throw in orange peel and coriander and use a whip beer yeast, you can do that. You know, there are hoppy forms of of German Weiss beer. You know, you could do that. But in general, those are all those are all intentional riffs. They're not, you know, R I F F, not R I F T riffs, uh, and they're not um, they're not like copying or or they're not real um, comparisons. Really, they're just something else entirely. So, and this, this style really has been rebrewed, you know, all over the world. This is the American IPA. Um, so this is a big deal. It's delicious. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's really good. I should have mentioned, well, yeah. So, so the fresh hops that are in here, because they're fresh, they retain all their, all their plantiness. <laughs> so hops are plants, right. And they're green. And so there are a lot of green kind of chlorophyll flavors that, that you get off of uh, hops when they're fresh. And so, um, you know, we've been talking about things like grapefruit and pine and um, and flowers off these hops that are in celebration. But there's also an extra element of kind of grassiness or green tea that you might be able to pick up. Um, and that's that sort of green note that comes from these hops being fresh. Mm. So the freshness not only adds sort of the I'm struggling not to say vegetal. I don't want to say vegetal in a way that makes it sound like sulfury and oniony and things like that, you know, but we're, we're talking about flavors that are extra green, but also um, the freshness amps up the other aromas that are sort of the star aromas, things like, you know, grapefruit and, and um, flowers. Yeah. So there you go. I feel like with the style of beer, <clears throat> I feel like I, it, this is strange and I feel like I'm very curious just what you're going to say to it, Rich, but you kind of mentioned the caramel Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is what I, I get some of that caramel sweetness mm-hmm. in yeah, this. Me too. Mm-hmm. Not like a ton of it, not like it's overwhelming, but because it's there and that's not present in like a West Coast IPA I'm used to, it stands out, mm-hmm. you know, and it kind of defines this beer in my head sort of. Is that strange or does that make sense? No, no. You're, so you're going to, you're forcing me to take you down a tangent here, but uh, um, <laughs> that's a tenant that the caramel malt, the caramel color and the caramel aroma comes from caramel malt or caramelized malt. Mm. And that is the tenet of old school West Coast IPAs. Okay, so we're talking beers, IPAs that define the category back in the 1980s and 1990s. By the 2000s, a lot of those West Coast IPAs still had caramel malt, but all of a sudden breweries started to open up uh, and brew uh, IPAs without caramel malt. And so the color of the beer lightened, it became more golden, and you got less emphasis on the palate and on the nose of hop, or sorry, of, uh, of malt character. Okay, and so with less caramel malt in there, you're left with uh, kind of bready, bread crust, uh, crackery mm-hmm. malt aromas. Um, but uh, caramel malt, something that, you know, the reason it's called caramel malt is it literally has caramel in it. Uh, it's not brewer, or, you know, Brock's or Willy Wonka adding a caramel into it. Um, it's just, it's the cooking and um, the, the, the roasting process. It's actually called stewed malt. So they stew it wet and then they end up uh, roasting it. So you end up kind of caramelizing some of the sugars that are created. So each actual caramelized malt kernel has caramel molecules in it. And those are sweet to us and not entirely fermentable hmm. by brewer's yeast. So when you remove that portion from the malt bill, then your IPA can dry out. Okay, so classic IPAs from the 80s and 90s have that caramel malt, that caramel flavor, um, the caramel, you know, and a touch of caramel sweetness. 
And then, uh, you know, things like Stone IPA. Okay, that's like West Coast IPA version two. And that's especially when San Diego took over the San Diego style, which was dry this thing out, keep it golden in color, have no caramel malt and make this thing bone dry, up the alcohol even more and increase the bitterness even more. And that's when a lot of people thought IPAs jumped the shark and said, screw it. These IPAs are too aggressive, too brash, too unbalanced. I will never drink them. And then the other half of the craft beer scene was like, oh, this is what I need. I need, I need, you know, this, this in my face thing, this arms race around mm-hmm. hops um, and keeping them all out of there. Well, I was going to say, I just what, what Maddie said, I completely, because I, I really like, because and, and I could be completely off here, Rich, but when I, when this first hits my tongue, like the, my like initial smell as it go, like it, as soon as it crosses my lips and I almost think that I'm about to get like an ESB because I really like it's like you know oh. just kind of that kind of malty sweet and then the then the, mm-hmm. then the bitterness hits me like boom and I'm like oh, okay it's a different yeah. beer but I still like it a lot is that is that crazy I that think that makes not, sense to me yeah the least but it's just it, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. one of the reasons why I love an ESB is just that it's so like mm-hmm. just soft and malty and sweet and just mm-hmm. kind of like I mean, I may be describing it. You're gonna, if you'll correct me if I'm describing it wrong, but it just so like, it just feels so perfect. And then what I like about this, oh, I'm about to get it, and boom, okay, yeah, now we're playing, now we're playing, now we're playing. You know, we cooking with grease. You know what I'm saying? So I love it. I love it. Uh, well, yeah. So so ESB is really, um, you know, it's a style of beer that is called a strong bitter. Okay, ESB stands for extra special bitter, but that's actually a brand name of Fuller's. So the Fuller's Brewery in England has an ESB, and no other ESB is brewed in England. Okay, if you brew that sort of stronger bitter, it's oh, called a strong bitter. Got it. And in the United States, we've we've run with it. We there's no trademark or anything like that on ESB, so it's it's regarded as a style in the U.S. But if you think about the term strong bitter. We're talking about a beer that has that leans toward bitterness and it's stronger and that strong that strength comes from more malt. So you got some more malt in there, but you also have more alcohol and it's British. OK, and what do what what's the big thing about British beers? Do you think they're usually balanced or or do they lack balance? I usually think they're balanced. I mean, that would be my guess. Yeah, that's that's what British beers are all about. You know, yeah. if, Even if they are, are called a bitter and they lean bitter, they're not assertively bitter. And if they do have a lot of bitterness, they also have a lot of sweetness in them to balance that that uh, that bitterness. And so that's why you're talking about uh, an ESB sort of smelling caramel. It smells malty, but you also get some hop aroma, and and it's this like warm quilt yes. of, of uh. maltiness that that wraps around your tongue, and then you get a little bit of hops to balance. But this beer is going in, in a different direction. Yeah, it leads you into thinking that, and then it's got twice as much bitterness as a strong. So I'm not crazy. With, I'm not crazy with that comparison. You're exactly right. You you're, just said that quilt. Right. You just said that quiltiness. <laughs> it's like makes me feel like it's the holidays too when I'm wrapping up in a blanket. No, but when you said that, what you were saying, like what was the equivalent? That's that will that was what was going through mm. my head because like oh man, part of me wants to think this is. I mean, I love both beers. You know what I mean? And I and, and not to say that this one, you know, isn't isn't perfect as well. But um, I like them both. I just I just really like that uh, that feeling of like yeah. This is one the of my smooth, favorite. The smooth kind of yeah. I mean yeah. That yeah. that strong bitter is mm-hmm. one of my favorite styles of beer. It's but, just and you also love Stone IPA though. So uh, absolutely, absolutely. Right into bitterness. Yeah, I could totally get I could totally get crazy. But I'm just saying, yeah. You know, just when it's like See, that, I think, that quiltiness. I think, I think I'm an old school. I'm an old school IPA soul. I think is what that tells us. Because yeah. you guys know, yeah. I don't love the West Coast. Punch you in the mouth. 
yeah, you like the older stuff. Is on my thing. I like the old, I like that little bit that sweetness. I like that. If it starts with a B and ends with an R and has two E's <laughs> in the middle, all. yeah, well, I'll drink I'm all. I'm kind of gay. We gotta choose favorites. We gotta rank. We gotta have preferences. Uh, Larry Beaver has uh, two E's in the middle. It starts with B and ends with an R. Mm, well, if I can put that in a blender and <laughs> drink it up, I might like it too. <laughs> you can. <laughs> if, we could, if we could add some yeast to it and a little bit of hops, and you know, freshly blended. That's a good question. Can you brew a beaver? <laughs> Larry, Larry will figure it out. <laughs> can you brew it? That's your new YouTube channel. Can you brew it? Can you brew a beaver? Can you brew it? I bet you there's a lot of sugars in that carcass that some yeast would eat up and create flavors sure, and eat, alcohol. Yeah, they eat berries, right? They got a lot of. I'm sure it's a, he would. a complex <laughs> taste. All right, so let's get back to the let's get back to celebration. I guess yeah, it's just caramely. I don't know how to describe the sweetness flavor other than kind of like a light caramel sort of flavor. You want to dig in, get a little nerdy on the sweetness? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. This is your. This is your <laughs> Let's do yeah. it. So you can go up Troy's bucket if you want. Let's, well, I feel like we've been. We, I feel like we've been told sweetness doesn't exist let's before do or it. something. Right? Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh. Let's go ahead, Rich. Sweetness exists. Sweetness is a taste, though. So it's not an aroma. Yeah. yeah. So so caramel smells sweet to us uh, because it literally tastes sweet and it smells like caramel. And so you, your, your brain contextualizes that and wraps them together and says, oh, caramel, when I smell this aroma, I always taste sweetness. But the fact is they're separate from each other. And so this beer does have a little hint of caramel aroma to it. And it does have some, some sweetness. But if you look at the stats on this beer, if you go to the website, it's here in Nevada, uh, it says it's four degrees Play-Doh. Okay, that's the final gravity. Okay, that the finish is four degrees Plato. And what that refers to, it means that the beer is four percent carbohydrates by weight. All right. And so a lot of brewers will tell you, a lot, a lot of um, drinkers, you know, everyone will tell you, oh, final gravity is is residual sweetness. It's not really residual sweetness, it's residual carbohydrates. Mm. And so sugars that are sweet are carbohydrates, but also uh, these things called dextrins are also carbo- carbohydrates. So dextrins are like half sweet or a third as sweet to us as sugars are. You know, I'm going to pull back from that. I kind of made up those numbers. They're less sweet to us. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I was, like, I was like, shit, I don't think I've actually ever read what that nation <laughs> I love that he was so, he was so forceful in saying it. Right? Right? Yeah, like, yeah let me it. pull back. I, I, I just made those numbers. <laughs> I wasn't forceful. Come on, I wasn't forceful. <laughs> I don't mean forceful. You were, you were just very, certain. You were, you were just very, committed. Yeah. You were very certain to it. Yeah. I had I had, I had a rhetorical uh, momentum, unfortunately. Anyway, so dextrins are carbohydrates, but they're less sweet to us than sugars are, and they're not they're not really that sweet, but they do add body. It's sort of like uh, chewing on a um, on a piece of bread. Okay, so the crumb of the bread, the, the middle of the bread, mm. not the not the crust, is not really sweet, but it is pillowy and starchy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so that's what dextrins are like, even though they're, they're a touch sweeter than starches, but they're less sweet than sugars. So this beer, if you look at the, the, the number on the, on the website, it says that it's um, four degrees Play-Doh on the finish. And so if that were all sweet sugars, um, it would be awfully sweet. You'd definitely be able to taste that sweetness. Uh, but because some of these are dextrins, it gives you the, the impression of, of sweetness without being super sweet. You know, four degrees Play-Doh with some caramel malt, and caramel aroma with a bitterness level of 20 bitterness units is going to lead you to a beer that's really sweet and really malt forward. Okay. A lot of malt character and really sweet and not really that enjoyable. But if you bring up the the bitterness to maybe 40 bitterness units, 45 bitterness units, then you might end up having a beer that's balanced that where you, if you look for it, yeah, you can taste some hops, you can taste some bitterness 
And if you look for it, you can taste some sweetness, but they're really kind of canceling each other out a little bit. Can I just ask you then, just you put it in terms of like basically just cranking up the bitterness. What's Mm -hmm. like the easiest way to do, what is like the instant, like, I know we've talked about various poisons. Just add more hops. Yeah, just add more hops. Exactly. So, I mean, and we talked about hops before. So you add them specifically at the beginning of the boil. And that's where you get the most bitterness from them rather and you get very little aroma from them that way. So if you want aroma and bitterness, you add them two different times. I'll tell you so. something else that I'm noticing. Uh, sorry, I, I don't, if I'm cutting you off, I'm sorry, but I know before I said my nose is broken. But I also think that the longer we've, you know, we've been doing the episode, the warmer the beer has become. And I, I, it tastes different and I smell a lot more. Now, I, I don't you know if I smell more. Huh? Maddie, Maddie, Maddie would agree. You do smell more. Yes. Wait, are you or saying that Ma- Sorry, did you say Maddie would agree? Am I saying, did I say something? Oh, I got you. He might be making fun. It's hilarious. He does it. I get it. But no, I do. <laughs> I smell more of the aromas now that it's yeah. that it's been sitting. Does I mean that's yes. yeah. Aromas are more volatile at higher temperature. Got it. So the aromas are jumping out of the beer. Also, what helps to carry the aromas out of the beer is CO two. So the more bubbles that are jumping out of the beer, the more the the aromas are sort of being you know rocket launched out of there. And uh, as the beer warms up, the CO two has a harder time staying in solution. So I've said before that hardnesses in beer are more perceptible at colder temperatures and softnesses are more perceptible at higher temperatures. And again, what are hardnesses? What are softnesses? Hardnesses are things like bitterness and sourness and, um, and uh, softnesses are things like sweetness and alcohol and aromas. And so as it warms up, you're going to get more of that maltiness, that sweetness. Um, if there's enough alcohol in a beer, you'd be able to perceive that a little bit more, but you also get more aromas. So this beer is softening, quote unquote, softening as it warms up. What am I tasting, Rich? Like I, this is a weird, this, I feel like this kind of beer is hard for me to really define other than like hops flavor and like a little Mm -hmm. bit of that caramely sweetness. And I guess kind of a little bit of the grapefruit rind, like a little bit of that, like in Mm -hmm. the taste, I can't, it's harder for me to parse like what I'm actually tasting in this. I don't know if that's because like, I'm like, like you summed it up to me. Is that it? Yeah, must you be tasting more? Yeah, it like, sounds like you not. summed it up. I mean, that's what right. I'm tasting. Better than I thought. All right. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> so you can talk about, you know, I could name, I don't know, 10 aromas out of this beer, you know, 30 aromas out of some beers and all that stuff. Just because there are that many aromas and it mean, you know, and the beer is complex because of that. It's a complex beer because of that doesn't mean all those aromas are really important at the end of the day, mm. you know, because they might be just so subtle that they don't really matter to most drinkers. You know, even myself, you know, most of the times when I'm sipping on this beer, I'm not hunting for it and tasting all the really fine little, little subtleties to it. It's really just about like this beer first and foremost is refreshing. It's got some body to it. So it's got some, it's got some, uh, some meat on it. Basically. It's not really a uh, super light body beer at the same time though. It, it is easy to drink because it's, well, it's got water for, first and foremost. It's it's liquidy, and um, and then if you want, you get a little bit of caramel, a little bit of bitterness, but a little bit of um, uh, grapefruit and pine and flowers, and you know that's kind of it. I just named basically six things like medium bodied beer, refreshing, caramel, grapefruit, pine, flowers. Done. Go for it. All right. I feel you. Pretty good. Um, then I have a question for you, Rich. Here we Let's go. See Okay, so I got a call from my friend. Which friend? Uh, Santa Claus. Okay. Santa Claus. Santa. He called me. Saint, now you're Nick? A, Saint Nick? Saint Nick, yes. Okay, so he Nick. goes by many names. Okay, yeah. 
<laughs> he's a jolly, jolly guy. Yeah. Um, now, Rich, he's been having he's been having trouble with the misses with Mrs. Uh, Claus. Santa, it's not been going shit. well. It's not been going great. That's never good. Well, here's the thing: this time of year, it always stuff comes out because he's very busy. Yeah, and he's yeah. not around. He's not attentive. It's a weird. It's he's it's getting taxing. ready to be busy. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, he he needs to make it up to her. Mm. He he was able to. He went to the store. He saw these beautiful red cans. He got the Sierra Nevada. But he wants to make Mrs. Claus a dinner. Good call, Santa. Now, Rich, setting aside call, your disdain for the celebration of the birth of Jesus that you apparently have. <laughs> Your dislike of Christmas. You know <laughs> Setting aside your dislike of Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> this holiday you refuse to acknowledge. Hilarious. Hilarious. What should Santa Claus make for Mrs. Claus? And he can go anywhere. This is let's go. This is worldwide. He can go anywhere in the world. He's got that magic sled. Mm. So feel free to to you know jump out to some interesting places. I think he should make. Nashville hot chicken wings. I was just about to That's say it. some spicy barbecue <laughs> chicken sounds fucking fantastic mm-hmm. with this. That's what I'm eating right now with it, and it's awfully good. It sounds tasty. Yeah, because you're matching the intensity because mm-hmm. it's bitter, so a little spiciness is good. Mm-hmm. And like that barbecue is gonna it's gonna hook up with that malty sweetness. <laughs> Larry's doing a barbecue dance. Yeah, I was doing a little a little barbecue dance with it because you got you're dance. taking on the job, man. You're doing great. <laughs> I was gonna say that. I was gonna say that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I did it say would it. Be <laughs> it's easy then. Yeah. What? What else? What else? What else? Rich. What else? What, what else, else can you make? What? Oh wait. Oh, um, he just texted me. Uh-oh. Uh, Santa just sent me a text. Oh. He says, "Mrs. Claus, she she has a an, an ulcer. She has oh, a stomach thing. She yeah. can't have spicy food. Yeah, she had it. She had spicy food. So Nashville, so people ago. can have Nashville chicken. Yeah. That's a great choice. Spicy barbecue, great choices. Big chunk of cheddar cheese." Mm. With uh, with some apple, um, that can be a little appetizer. Ooh, and then uh, move into a um, chicken pot pie, mm. and uh, how about some um, some braised uh, mustard greens would be great with that too. Mm. Um, and then wrap up with uh, well, we can't really get into sweet dessert because it's not it's not a beer that goes well with sweetness. But um, let's see, what could you do after that? You could go back to <laughs> cheese and apples, cheese yeah. <laughs> He's an apple. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, um, tacos, burritos, um, lots of Mexican food. This is going to be great with. It's great with uh, pork and chicken of pretty much any preparation that I can think of. Um, you can do like chicken ramen, like tonkotsu ramen would be good with this beer. Ooh. What else? How about um, like mapo tofu would be great with it. Um, so that's like pork and noodles, uh, a little bit of tofu, but also a lot of Szechuan peppercorns. Um, so delicious dish with this. What about, uh, you ever had bunny chow? <laughs> it's a South African, it's called no. bunny chow. It's a, it's a South African, like, um, have uh, you ever had curry. bunny chow? I have not. <laughs> and it's, instead of being served with rice, it's served with, uh, like in a loaf of bread, sort of like a, uh, sourdough, um, like, uh, clam chowder in a sourdough bowl, except it's what meat is in there. Maybe it's a chicken curry. Anyway, Ooh. um, it's a, it's a really spicy, intense curry. Sounds inside good though. That sweet Sounds very bread. good. Bunny Chow? Is Bunny Chow the like yeah. official name of it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, I've never heard of it. There's no rabbit in it. Okay, I was about to say, there's no little bunny in it. I mean, I like rabbit, no. but I just prefer you call it rabbit than <laughs> bunny. Bunny sounds like someone's pet. Well, that sounds tasty. Well, thanks, Rich. I, you know, if I'm going to eat a, it. I have a feeling, Rich, <laughs> Rich, this year, no coal for you. No coal for you this year. 
Oh, how about empanadas? Maybe he can <laughs> be empanadas instead of coal. Now you're talking. Empanadas sound great. With all manner of empanadas. What does Santa say? Is he? Does he like? Does he like? What you? What you told him? He just Ooh, said no, he said no coal. No coal for rich. This. Oh, year. I see. He says pork tamales with salsa verde. Ooh, That'd be really good. That sounds good. Okay. I do love tamales at Christmas time. I love tamales anytime you serve them to me. Well, thank you, Rich. Of course, this is a really tasty beer. Um, I hope everybody listening was able to find it, even though we're at the kind of the tail end of the availability of it. Um, anything else you want to say about the beer? Expect it next October and uh, go buy it. That sounds good. Larry, any last thoughts on the beer? I've got no, no last thoughts. I feel good. I feel good about this episode. I really do. You feel good? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Please have a happy holiday if you celebrate it. Um, have a happy new year. Hope you had a great Hanukkah. Yeah. I know we're late on that. It's, 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 always, it's always early. It catches me well, it, by it surprise. It changes. Yeah. Know. But this year it was like real. It felt early. It was earlier. Um, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Happy, happy holidays. Great end of the year. Christmas, yeah. Happy 2021. Oh, and uh, yeah. Larry, do you want to say the thing that we always say? Yeah, well, one last thing. Larry. Oh, um, something like the le- oh, happy beering. <laughs> happy beering. <laughs> <laughs>